Welcome, welcome, welcome to Thirst Knowledge Podcast, episode 42. I'm James Evers. I'm Justin. And I'm Seth Tardiff. And today on the episode, we're doing a remote podcast with Ryan Day from I Run On Beer. Yes, he is a drinker with a running problem, and we are talking lots about running and beer. And um, it was a very fun, great conversation that we had with Ryan. Indeed. We talk about the beer mile, uh, Ryan's sub four-hour marathon, we talk about the ultra marathon that he just ran in January, and all sorts of other cool running and beer stuff. Yep. That beer mile, man. Crazy. Oh, yeah. We're doing one. Yep. We will. Mm. I'll do the beer drinking <laughs> and maybe the first lap. Are you going to have like a, a pinch runner? Yeah, pinch runner. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have Gina do it. Nice. I'll drink two beers for every lap. So like I'll have to finish two beers before she finishes each lap. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Guys, this is an intro. Okay. All right. Listen, yeah. listen, listen to the episode and then we'll talk to you again in the outro. Enjoy. Enjoy. Exactly. Damn, yeah. a gallon? A gallon? I know. What is that, like 10 beers? After your warts all go? After your fucking, like, uh, yeast yeah, takes up half that shit? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, you'd be lucky if you get that. Ryan, Not what are you drinking, best. man? I'm drinking, so this is another local brewery, uh, Barrier, who actually responded incredibly well to, like, all the stay-at-home orders. They immediately shifted to, like, a delivery-based system. Um and we're very big on social media, just like, hey, stop by the brewery. Here are all of the things that we have created, like an outdoor pickup area. They come right to your car and give you the beer. Um, but yeah, they're like a 15-minute drive from us. So $10 four-packs for pints, not too shabby. Ooh, that's yeah, that's good. awesome. That's it's one good. of their new New England IPAs, the the Ballin New England IPA. Ballin. Nice. Yeah. Um, Quite good. I used to work for a company, a mobile canning company, and we actually used to can four barriers. So I've been down oh, there a really? few times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they're really cool. Cool guys, make great beer. Um, mm -hmm. I really like their Baltic Porter. It's delicious. Uh, pretty Incredible. solid. Yeah. 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 That's what I like. They do, I feel like they get, or I've heard some people say that, like, I think they get a bad rap because they do a lot of IPAs, especially like hazy IPAs. And so, like, I've yeah. heard some people just say, like, oh, all their beers are the same. But I feel like things like the Baltic Porter just don't get enough credit. Like they make some really good porters, stouts, sours. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. Mortish is yeah. awesome. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's real good. So yeah, they're, they've been one of my favorites recently, especially during the, the quarantine era. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. There's a bunch of breweries near us as well that are doing the delivery services and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's pretty wild. God, I yeah. gotta get them to start delivering beer to me. <laughs> right to my home, please. Right. To my home. <laughs> or wherever I am at work. Imagine if they just like, some guy just like, comes, runs by, and just like pours a beer in your mouth. And he's, like, you just turn on your and GPS just, and they find and you. Like, oh, <laughs> That'd be sick. Just start shouting out directions. <laughs> I just passed a church. <laughs> All right, I'll be right there. I'm right out front of the church. I'm right out front of the church. Just, just come quick. I'm so thirsty. Oh, oh man. Yeah, that's great. Imagine if people just started coming by with like a shotgun can ready to shotgun. They open it up and <laughs> yeah, the hole's already made. <laughs> oh. I heard you're in need of hydration. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the water stop, you've got the uh, shotgun beer stop. Oh, oh my gosh, I wish. I'm toying around right now with the idea of doing another. Uh, I'm, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the beer mile. Yeah. Yes. Yep. 
So I did one in grad school. It did not go well. Um, my chugging ability is very much lacking. And mm. so I think it was probably on maybe as early as the second lap just immediately started spewing. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so, and it's, there were a bunch of us doing it, and I think all but two people threw up, and it's literally just foam just starts shooting out yeah. of your mouth. Well, you're moving too, right? You gotta, exactly. Is it yeah. every lap? Yeah, beer? so it's it's four laps around the track, and you have to chug a full beer before every lap, Jesus. and the beer has to be at least 5% alcohol, so no light beers. You have to finish uh, the, that beer before you start running again, or it has to be gone correct. by the second? No, so you have to, like, the, the way a track is laid out, for people who run professionally, <laughs> there's a... Uh, there's like the relay handoff zone when people are running relays where you would pass the baton. So that short transition zone is where you're allowed to consume the beer. So you have Jesus. to finish it by the time you reach the end of the handoff point and then run the full lap. God damn. Now, it's is there, wild is this to watch like, like the videos of the professionals who do it. Like I think somebody <laughs> just sent a, set a new U.S. record a couple weeks ago. For the beer it's mile? It's unbelievable. Yeah, like they run it in like five minutes. <laughs> and wow. It's just like they'll, they'll put a beer down in like – and the commentators are hilarious because they're like – they'll talk about their mile splits or their quarter mile splits, but then they'll also be like, ooh, that was an eight-second chug time. That's going to put them ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, that's, oh, that's fantastic. The that commentary is amazing. But yeah, so toying around with doing one another one of those, but – nervous about the outcome yeah i mean all that liquid just like sloshing around in your belly like just as you're running Ugh. as fast as you possibly can yeah yeah that sounds that's what ever people who like the people who train for it are like you just have to force yourself to burp constantly throughout the run so that you're like, releasing the gas yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all right it's good yeah i think the i think the the official rule is that if you throw up, you can do it as many times as you want, but once you do it one time, you have to then run a penalty lap. So it's just one penalty lap, no matter how many times you actually throw up. But after that first time, penalty lap. But after that, after that vomit, that Ralph, man, I want to, I just want to sit down. <laughs> I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. That was the funniest, but like we became numb to it because it was just happening so frequently that literally like the people who were videotaping us doing it, it was like everyone would like take two sips, <laughs> foam would shoot out, they and they would just like just keep running and it'd be like spraying out as you're trying to continue. To <laughs> My God, there's not a, nothing not funnier than vomiting. Oh, I love vomiting it. when so seeing somebody vomit is the funniest thing because I know how awful they must be feeling in that mm -hmm. moment. And that just Especially makes you so if it's happy. Spontaneous. So happy. <laughs> the pain of others just puts yeah. a smile on your face. And when they're not expecting it, right? <laughs> <laughs> just like all of a sudden, oh no! <laughs> I didn't know this was like a. Like a real oh the beer mile thing. Yeah. I, I knew I, like a beer college, mile I've heard of it like college days but yeah damn this sounds like a legitimate event yeah yeah they do they have like world championships every year they're Jeez. sponsored athletes now I think what sponsored. set it off was I don't remember how long ago it was at this point I think it was probably like six or seven years ago I, I'm not gonna get the time wrong but I think someone broke five minutes and I think god. when someone broke five minutes everyone was like oh my gosh you can actually train for this and people just started taking it incredibly seriously and a, a lot of times it's like people who are professional collegiate athletes who are now like who realize they're able to do this pretty well but maybe don't want to have professional running careers I think some of them actually might like try to compete in the Olympics and stuff but Fuck. Um, most of them are just like hey I'm really good at chugging beer and really good at running fast this could be <laughs> this is a like fun right career up for my me. alley yeah that's yeah. that's Damn. awesome 
that was like my claim to fame uh, when I first started I Run on Beer was this Canadian athlete ran set a new world record in the beer mile. And I think the day that he, he put it on Instagram or something and the day that he put it out, I was I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I'd love to send you some I Run on Beer gear. Would that be cool? And he was like, oh my God, I would love to rep your stuff. And I was like, oh, this is incredible. And I like mailed him all this stuff. And nice. then like two days later, he was like, I just signed a sponsorship with Adidas. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, dude. So close. So close. <laughs> That's crazy. So yeah. he couldn't rep any of your stuff? I don't, he, I don't know. I, he always like messaged me and was like, I appreciate it, but for any kind of events or anything like that, he's oh, got to wear right. the, the Adidas yeah. brand. He's got to yeah. be full Adidas. Is he exactly, like full yeah. Adidas, like tracksuit and jacket, like a Russian mobster? 100%. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Make that money. Cool. Oh, yeah. He was like, hey, if you can get a professional sponsorship Fuck for yeah. running a beer mile, I can't yeah. hate it. That's pretty legit. Right. Actually, I think I want to try this now. Oh my god! I heard. Uh, I my brother told me Rice University in Houston when we were out there, they do like a tri. They do like a tricycle beer mile, but they have like it's a relay, and they gotta build like the best tricycle and the best like beer chugging apparatus, whether it be like a funnel or like a fucking plunger or something. Oh my god! <laughs> and they like do it on a tricycle, and then. When they get to their lap, a next guy will go, and then they have to, like, put the vessel on their head and, like, chug it whatever way they can. And they do, like, four laps, and it's, like, this huge thing in college there. Wow. I feel like the funnel is the most efficient. Yeah. Unless you can legit just, like, punch a beer down someone's throat. Yeah. Like, you just, like, plunge it. Gravity style. Like, you got a yeah. tube, and you're just, like... <laughs> Just right, open but, your throat and shut it. <laughs> and you sew their lips shut or something. <laughs> <laughs> you like just ran their lips shut so they can't. <laughs> Interesting. Healthy, I might, you know, for the sport. I might want to try this. I think I'm, I think. Uh, I couldn't do a beer lap. But, but that's the thing. After every, every like event that we've ever like competed in, like a running event, a marathon, half marathon, the Tough Mudders, all that stuff. Whenever they offered the beer at the end, I always declined because I feel like shit after every <laughs> single race. So I never so I never want to drink after after physical exertion. So you want to do so. it during the physical exertion. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. So you have to do it. You got to take it in before you feel bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then while you start to feel You have to bad. chug a beer right away, too. Yeah, it starts oh. with a beer oh. chug. It starts with a beer yeah. chug and it ends with a beer chug? No, so it's you chug before you run your last lap. Oh fuck. Yeah. So you got four beers in you, and then you run that last fucking lap. That, oh, yeah. And that's probably the worst lap, right? That was def- probably definitely. Sprinting it. Yeah. Absolutely. Fuck that shit. Oh. It was not ideal. And if there's some, like, the now that they have, like, the official championships and everything, there's a ruling that I think there can be up to an ounce left over in each beer, but right. anything more than that, you're disqualified. Like, after you finish chugging, they pour out any residual foam or anything like that, and if total at the end you have oh. more than four ounces, you're disqualified. So they, you, like, have to make sure you really chug it all. All that extra foam. Wow. Now, is it in a can or a solo cup? What are we talking about? A can or bottle. Yeah, can so I don't think bottle. they let you do cups, but you can choose your vessel. Like bottles or do you have to crack you have to crack the can they'll usually have them pre like they literally have like tables set up for each athlete with their beers all dude i would crack them all and have them all poured into a solo cup and then pray to god that they're all flat when i get to them. <laughs> oh my god 
and have yeah, someone just. Yeah, but we're talking, we're wanna... talking a five minute event here. Right, right, like, that's true. <laughs> you don't want them too cold the, either. Now you can pick your beer, right? Correct. It just has to be above five percent. Now, are these guys picking like who's ever, who? Does it tell you what they drank when they did that five minute? Yeah. Oh. So usually they so and now when they do the championships, they at the ones this year just happened. They did like the virtual championships, but everyone showed off. Like, there's a lot of Canadian athletes because I think it might have started in Canada. Um, of so is it Labat? Labat? Labat Blue? Labatt, or yeah, that that's shit. yeah. People love that. That's a, that's <laughs> a popular God choice. Damn Canadian. But yeah, I think Bud Heavy qualifies. Uh, you know what? See, Fuck that. You gotta be a savage. You gotta no, be I'm gonna a savage. Do, I'm gonna do like a 12% like right, Bigfoot. Right. Or, or <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go fucking hard. Watch, I'm thinking about doing it for my like for YouTube, for my YouTube channel to be like if I hit this many subscribers, I'll do like Budweiser. If I hit this many, I'll do yeah, oh, like an aggressive yeah. ABV beer. Yes, oh, yeah. That's a good idea. I, I want like you it. to do a fucking Steel Reserve 40. <laughs> <laughs> Every lap. Oh, my God. A Colt 45. God. That was my favorite part when we actually, when we did it in grad school, is we immediately after that went to go. Like, it was a group of probably, like, 15 or 20 of us. We went to play disc golf right after. And most of us, like I said, were throwing up constantly. So we were fine to play disc golf, but the two who didn't were hammered. (laughs) We got like two holes in and they're like, I think I need to go home. (laughs) God, seriously, just just be a G and just do like a bottle of bourbon. Right. It's like, all right, another 12 ounce glass of bourbon. (laughs) Probably easier to hold now. Jagerbomb mile. Yeah. But you would just be tanked by like lap two. You'd be like, "Fuck you!" And start yeah. fighting with one of the guys. <laughs> I think I might die. <laughs> so today on the podcast we have yeah. Ryan Day, and he is I Run on Beer. So Ryan, what is I Run on Beer? So I Run on Beer started somewhat embarrassingly because I was in grad school. And we had like our school paper and I was reading about this college kid. Again, I'm a graduate student making no money, just accumulating massive amounts of debt. And they're like, hey, this sophomore created this anonymous Twitter account and now he has deals with all of these businesses and this is his full-time job. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I'm supposed to be advising college students. What am I doing with my life? Uh, And so I was trying to think of like, all right, what things can I enjoy? What kind of account can I start? And I was like, I really like running. I really like beer. I run on beer. And there is for, I'm sure, like you said, you've run races before. There's always beer at the finish line. There's this weird partnership between people who like to run and also really love craft beer, any beer, just beer in general. So I was like, I think this could be a thing. From there, like starting this account actually got me so much more into running in general. Like I mostly just ran as a way to somewhat stay in shape, um, but it's become so much more about the running. And then obviously like beer is a reward for the running that I'm doing, but I've started to take running so much more seriously over the last like four or five years, especially. But that's, I run on beer and it just, I, I think the tagline on my account, the joke, the running joke, which I did not come up with is, um, drinker with a running problem. Yeah. And that's like the common theme for, for beer runners is yeah, you, you love to drink, but obviously beer comes with those unwanted calories and unwanted side effects. So running is a way to, to counteract that. Exactly. Yeah. I, I can relate to that, man. That's, it's perfect. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now is this, and then, is, yeah. is this something that's, that. Um, is just your own moniker like is that your own thing or, or is this a group of individuals that you've kind of like 
brought on board with the I run on beer. Uh, I don't know. So what it's you would gone. Call it's it. gone through a few different stages. Originally, it was literally just a Twitter account, um, and then a couple years later, branched into Instagram, and it was just like my personality online. Um, and then someone, when I first started like my professional career, a guy that I worked with was very business minded. And he was like, you got to have a website, you got to have all these things. So I created a website. And when I first created the website, there was a team of us. Um, I was like created the website, designed it, put everything online and then curated content from a few of the other people. So he really helped oversee, like he figured out where we were going to print our merchandise from, like did some of the business aspects. There was another woman I worked with who was really into cooking. So she did like beer infused recipes that we posted on the website. Um, and then another friend of ours was really into like the actually like tasting and writing reviews of beer. So he did all of our beer reviews. Um, and so that was kind of the model when the site first started. Um, but people started to fizzle off and I realized it I thought it made a lot more sense. It's just like a personal blog, personal identity. So at this point, it's just me doing like the website. My focus has really been on YouTube recently, just doing videos of like training, different race endeavors. Um, I ran my first ultra marathon earlier this year and had so much fun, like the ha getting, letting everyone else follow along with that journey. And so that's kind of what I think the account has become is people following me in my running journey as I take on weird, obscure challenges. So I, I, I browsed around your YouTube for a little bit, um, watched a couple of the videos. I watched the um, tips for a four hour, uh, sub four hour marathon. That was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Um, I haven't run a sub four hour marathon, so I was like getting some advice from that at the same time too, which is awesome. Um, yeah, that was, I, I always joke with my wife that that was my most like devastating, but also most motivational finish was running my first marathon. So I have a coach at this point that helps me with my running. But at that point I was doing everything on my own, decided to run my first marathon. My first half marathon was just under the two hour mark. So I was like, all right, a four hour marathon is like the standard of like when people run a marathon, they're like, I want to get under four hours. So I was like, I think that's within my grasp. I want to finish in under four hours, never run a marathon before. But as long as I put the training in, I was confident that I could do it. And that race destroyed me. I remember like, especially, <laughs> I think it was miles like 17 to like 21 or 22. I thought I was going to die. And I was walking a lot. And I was just like, it's so hot. This is miserable. I was not prepared for this. Um, and I finished at four hours and 19 seconds. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, no oh way. my God. <laughs> so I was so close. And the whole, so of course I was like, if I just didn't walk during that one stretch or yep. like you just start going over all the details. Um, but I say motivational because at the same time I was like, it was only 19 seconds. I could definitely break that. Um, so yeah, went into the next training session for my next marathon with a, a burning passion to <laughs> figure out all the little things I could do so was that the point at, um, at which you got a coach was after that yeah it was actually uh, it was very funny the way that I found my coach um, shout out to Diego Coramas on Instagram um, but he I was running I was going to run a half marathon again training on my own at this point and this was the first race that I had trained for where I actually put in like speed work and started mixing in other things b besides just running I think people who are, who are newer to running, everyone knows kind of the standard training model where it's just, you have a certain number of miles you're going to run during each day of the week. And you just follow that. Uh, but this is the first time that it was like, Hey, run th these miles at this pace. You're going to do a speed workout on Thursday. Like 
got a little bit more intricate with my training, went to go run this race. And at the expo before the race, I was walking past a booth and saw a guy drinking out of a water bottle with a heady topper sticker on it. And I was like, oh, Hetty Topper, that's an amazing beer. And I went up to introduce myself and be like, oh, I'm I run on beer. Like, can I get a picture with you and promote your booth just to be like found another craft beer lover? Um, and so then went, ran the race. And a couple of days later, he messaged me and said like, hey, I um, am just starting out in coaching and would love to take you on uh, if you're interested in that. And that was... September 2018. And I've been working with him ever since. Um, so just like a totally random interaction at a race expo that turned out to be awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great, man. Yeah. So how many races have you done with him under as your, as your coach since then? So all of 2019 and then not many races this year, obviously, cause most of them got canceled, but probably I'd say like five or six races. I don't actually run that many races. I tried to start doing more local races last year, like local 5Ks and stuff like that. Yeah. But I have a tendency to pick like big goal races and then I just focus on that. So like case in point, I ran my first ultra marathon this past January, um, which was 100K. Um, so 62.2 miles, I think was the total distance. <laughs> Fucking um, and so I signed up for that in like July of 2019. And when I signed up, I was like, I'm not running another race until I do this one. Cause I don't want to risk injuring myself or anything like that. I was like, I'm just going to focus on this one goal. So I don't do a lot of like side races or things like that. I tend to sure. pick a big goal and just go for it. So ultra marathon is just running. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But it's Fuck. like, uh, what's the other the one? Triathlon. Yeah. And triathlon, that's like, yeah. that's biking, running, uh, swimming. Bike, swim, run. Jesus Christ. 62 <clears throat> miles you had to run? Yeah. It took us, uh, just over. This is the, the thing that I joke about too, because my first marathon was four hours and 19 seconds. And my first ultra marathon was 15 hours and like 30 seconds or something like that. I was like, <laughs> we could have broken 15 hours. Oh, man. If Fuck. you didn't walk that one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, crazy. it's like a, I don't like standing of, for 15 hours. That's the, what I actually like talked about was it was I felt better after this race than I did after my first marathon because a it was on trails. So your legs aren't taking as much of a beating, mm. but it's also not like consistently running the whole time because it was in. So I ran it down in Texas, like in hill country in Texas. So there's a lot of mountains and stuff that you're kind of hiking through. So like anytime you're going uphill, you're just hiking up the hill. Like you kind of run the downhills, you take breaks running on the flat ground and things like that. So it's a lot of varied pace. So my legs felt way better after mm. this race than they did after. My first marathon, I couldn't walk. Muscles and stuff, yeah. right? Exactly, yeah. You, you could have watched Titanic five times, that whole thing. <laughs> you could have saw Leonardo DiCaprio drown. Some would argue a better times. use of the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. I've never seen that movie. You know what I hate about that it. movie? He literally <laughs> says, Rose, never let go. And then as soon as soon as soon as he dies, she's like, Peace, bitch, and like lets him go right away. Like, not even she like she had to I'm save her wait. own life. Fucking selfish, she knew he would have wanted her to live on. <laughs> really grinds my gears. So, what kind of did do you like listen to music when you when you did that shit? So, actually, during the whole race, I didn't. Um, I ran with one of my buddies from my high school cross country team, and the whole time we literally this was we ran. Um, the, la the marathon that I broke four hours in, him and I ran, trained and ran for that together and my first marathon as well. We don't live anywhere near each other anymore, but every once in a while we'll like pick a race to train for. 
So we decided to do our first ultra together. Um, and we just talked the whole time or like there were plenty of times where we we're just like kind of grinding through in silence cause it sucked. But yeah. Yeah. anytime, like it was nice to have him like at any low point to just be like, all right, we just have to keep going. Like it was a 24 hour cutoff. So I was like, as long as we just don't stop moving, we will finish. Right. <laughs> it just yeah. might suck along the way. But especially like once it got dark out, we said so many times, I was like, I could never have done this without someone to run with the whole time. Like I would have been in my own head. I would have talked myself out of it. Like it would have been miserable without having someone to, to suffer through it with. Yeah. That that's wild, man. I couldn't. So, um, as far as like training for a marathon versus training for an ultra, what's, I mean, how do you prepare for that? That's the other part too, that I was very shocked about was realistically training. Isn't that different? Um, it's, a lot more focus on just time on feet uh, okay. because basically, and that's what, what a lot of people will say is once you cross a certain threshold, like running 60 miles, running a hundred miles, running 50 miles, whatever it might be like, it's much more mental. Cause it's just, you have to keep going when your legs are exhausted. So you just have to train yourself to be okay running when your legs are exhausted. So the biggest difference between the two was instead of just having like one long run on the weekends, a lot of times it was back to back long runs on Saturday and Sunday, where I would do like one long run on Saturday with maybe some speed work worked in like run for two hours, but do a couple sprints mixed in and then do another like hour and a half run on Sunday or something like that. So you just get used to, um, the beating that your legs are going to take, but the lo- I didn't run longer than 20 miles before the ultra, the same oh, as really? training for a marathon. Hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Part of that was because I was supposed to run, I think like, a what would have been probably like a 30 mile run, but I got a horrific fever <laughs> literally like the <sighs> night before I was doing, I remember cause I was doing all these posts on Instagram about like getting ready for my longest run ever. Can't wait. Like had the whole course mapped out <laughs> and my wife was very sick at the time. It was, Oh, we were actually visiting my family, um, for Christmas and she had been sick the whole time. It was like a rough trip. And we are all like sitting around the table. She's starting to feel better. And all of a sudden I was like, I'm like, something just feels off. I don't know. And she's like, you probably just have nerves. She's like, you probably just have nerves about your race tomorrow. And I was like, no, like got Rona the day something just feels ultra. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, sure enough that night, my fever spiked and I was just like, oh my God, wow. I think I'm going to die. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. So didn't do my long run, um, but yeah, still made it through, which was nice. That's amazing. I mean, geez, fucking 16. How did you was like people feeding you like while you were fucking running because <laughs> no the way, amount of really? calories that you were fucking burning 60 yeah, miles so they, like, I'm not going to remember the numbers off the top of my head but that's like one of the funniest thing or like one of the hardest things to train for is you can't just for a marathon you can survive off of like gels or electrolyte beverages like stuff like that you basically just need to keep your body fueled for the run but you just can't take in enough calories through gels to make it through something that much longer than marathon distance. I don't remember what the breakdown is, but I think it's like you're, you try to take in maybe a third of the calories you burn per hour, um, throughout the whole race. And you're going to be running a deficit, but that will at least keep you going. So at, there were aid stations every probably like the, the shortest was probably four miles. Um, and the longest was, I think probably eight or nine miles between aid stations. Um, but yeah, they would have like quesadillas at night, the oh, best yeah. food I will like stand by <laughs> during this race. Right? It got so cold overnight 
and they made hot ramen and it was just like the salty oh, ramen yeah. broth was, yep. like i just chugged ramen <laughs> for the last like five or six hours of the race i was like this is everything i've ever wanted <laughs> your body just needed all that oh, exactly yeah. Uh, but during the day oddly enough it was uh like they had ice cold pickle spears and that was all i wanted during the day i was like i just want pickles (laughs) that's all i ate was just straight pickles that's funny fuck so what time did you start was it an early start i think it was it was seven or seven thirty in the morning yeah and then by the time you finished it was dark out yeah it was like 10 30 11 something like that whatever 15 hours is it was a lot of fun but that was like part of the reason we wanted to do it because everyone was like you can't if you're going to do most people when you do your first ultra an ultra is anything base i think it's anything like past a marathon the shortest like conventional ultra distance is 50k which is 31 miles so it's only six miles longer than a marathon so everyone's like why don't you just do that and i was like because this race sounds way cooler it's in texas like in the hill country in the mountains <laughs> yeah, it does sound cool. so it'll be it- way more fun no rattlesnakes no, luckily that was my biggest fear and right. everyone made fun of me, especially my friend who I ran with. He spends a lot of time in Texas and he was like, if you even see a rattlesnake, like I will pay you so much money. And I was like, I swear to you, I'm going to get bit by a rattlesnake. <laughs> I was convinced and they were like, they're hibernating. It's too cold. And I was like, nope, definitely going to get bit You're by a rattlesnake. Definitely going to lose a leg. <laughs> yeah. So was it like an out and back course or a loop course or was it just like one straight path? It was a loop course. So it was, uh, it was two 50 K loops, which was, that was another thing that I liked was that it wasn't, you weren't repeating, like you repeated everything twice, but some of the races, like you run the same leg five, six, seven times, like you're just doing the same thing. So that was one thing that was nice was it was a lot of different terrain. I was hoping, Um, I was hoping you would say it's, it's one mile loop and then you do it 60 times. (laughs) Oh God. There are some like that. Like it's in, once you get into the ultra marathon sphere, like people are just trying to look for ways to make the most miserable race you could imagine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've, I've listened to a couple of those Joe Rogan podcasts where he has the ultra marathon runners on and they just sound insane. Like, they sound like savages. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's what Courtney Doe Walter just did one uh, or one that she's done a couple of years. It's called the, I think it's called Big's Backyard. And it's, I believe it's something like every hour on the hour, you have to run a four mile loop. And it's just last man standing. Oh, and so, like, yeah. however fast you run the four mile loop, then you get to rest before the next one, or maybe it's, it might be more than an hour. I can't remember what the cutoff is, but it's basically like you get a little bit of time to rest between each leg. So you want to run faster. So you get more rest, but obviously you run faster. It's going to tire you out more. Um, and then it's just whoever people run like 200 plus miles total throughout this over like three or four days. <laughs> it's just like you're battling sleep deprivation. It's just like who can suffer the most. Wow. Yeah. That doesn't Damn. sound appealing at all. <laughs> yeah. Miserable. You have to do it within at least an hour. Yeah, whatever the whatever yeah. the cutoff is, and they had and it's, it's trail loops. And I know one of the rules is also is once the sun sets that you are off the trails and you just run like a straight out and back on the road because the race director said like is quoted saying I didn't want someone to give up because they lost on the trails or the trails were too difficult. I want them to give up because their mind breaks. Oh my god! <laughs> what a fucking yes beast. Yeah. yeah, I want. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Yeah, people get crazy. Now, for your ultra that you did, was what was your nutrition like? Kind of building up to the race, did you um, start fucking loading up on on carbs? Fucking like a week out before the race. 
it wasn't too much like throughout training I ate a ton and that's like my wife always makes the joke is that like we eat the same when I'm in training, but she's not running <laughs> the like 50 mile weeks or whatever it might be. Um, but we like, I have staple foods that I go to that are like my reward meals for my toughest workouts. There's a local burger shop by us that does a bacon cheeseburger between two jelly glazed donuts. Oh, and that's like yeah. my, that's like, that's always my, whatever the hardest week of training is going to be. That's what I eat at the end of that training. Um, but leading up directly yeah. to the race, it was just making sure that I was never hungry and never thirsty, like hydrating, kind of like making sure I was staying on top of hydration, staying on top of food. And then the night before the day before, um, it was just eating whatever I was hungry for. And then like dinner, I always go for some kind of pasta. Chicken parm is like my go-to night before a race meal and just ate probably past the point when I was full. I was like, let me take in as much as I can now. Um, but then just try to be confident in how it was going to feel with nutrition the next day. Yeah. The guy that I ran with, I think overdid it eating. Cause he read something that was like, you should eat this many grams of pasta based on your body weight. And I remember during the beginning of the race, he was saying he felt horrible just because like his gut was so full of, he like force fed himself pasta all night. The <laughs> night yeah. Now, did, did you get any direction from your coach on regarding like the nutrition aspect or was it more just like the running program? Focus mostly on the running, but then also like his advice was just making sure that I was experimenting with different fueling sources. So like saying like, hey, during this training run, try taking in solid foods that you think you might like during the race. Because a lot of like fueling for that kind of race is just figuring out what your body will accept when you're under duress or like when your heart's elevated and things like that. Um, and that's what like will take people out of a lot of ultra marathons and things like that is you try to take in something that your body can't digest and you just get like horrifically ill and then you right. can't take in water. You can't take anything cause you just are either going to throw up or spew it out the other end. So like, you just got to find <laughs> whatever works burritos. best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that was, that was one of the things. So me and Seth just did a marathon in October of last year. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like the day before the race, he was like, here, man, you might want to, you might want to have some solid food, like in the middle of like mile marker, like 12, 13, something like that. So he gave me a couple, like a cliff bar and that fucking saved my life. Like even just something like that carried me through that fucking bullshit grueling fucking marathon it's crazy how like how much of a difference one small thing can make to your like overall emotional state on a race it's like (laughs) especially like a marathon or like those longer distances where you start to crash and it's just like the smallest thing of like something that you drink something that you eat will just all of a sudden you're like like the ramen for the ultra marathon i was like i could do this all day this is amazing (laughs) this is all that i need but before that i was like i i think i will die here bury me here definitely <laughs> yeah yeah it, it definitely is a mental thing like you're talking about with the um you know that race that courtney was doing or whatever like yeah it, it's it's so it's so mental um so in relation to the uh, nutrition and fueling aspect what is your beer intake like during training? And like, does, do you like taper it down as you get closer? Or do you or like, how does that work? Fucking ramp that shit up. Yeah. So <laughs> my my beer in, intake hasn't changed or doesn't change that drastically during training. It used to. So um, I actually listened to uh, one of the episodes y'all did about doing dry January. Yes. 
So I did that for the first time probably like two years ago. And it was at a point where like I was pretty much probably drinking like four or five beers every night before dinner, sleeping terribly, like waking up in the middle of the night, cold sweats and dry January. I was like, oh, the biggest thing I noticed was sleep improvement. I was like, oh my God, who knew that alcohol really screws up your sleep? Um, So my drinking changed drastically after that in that like training for any kind of race or anything like that. I would have like a beer, maybe two at dinner, usually just like maybe a beer Mm -hmm. at dinner. Um, but then during the weekends, if I knew that I had a long run coming up, knowing how much alcohol impacts my sleep, I'll still have like a few beers, but make sure that I prioritize like getting enough sleep beforehand. So I don't think of it necessarily in terms of like, Oh, I can't drink that much because I have a run tomorrow. I think of it as this is how much sleep that I'm going to need tonight. So like, realistically, I could probably have one, two, maybe three beers if I start early. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that's, that's, that was the biggest impact. Um, but I can still like, I'll drink a lot more after like finishing a long run or something like that. I definitely drink more to celebrate finishing, but have dialed back before any kind of like aggressive workout. Yeah, that that seems very practical, you know, to keep uh, keep up with the running and also, you know, the enjoyment of beer. Yeah, usually I dedicate. I figure out. I usually have one long run per weekend, so whatever day my long run is, the other day is dedicated to to drinking. Did, yep. you, did you run today? I had a uh, like a recovery run today. So like on a day like yeah, or during a training cycle like now. So I had a recovery run today. It was only twenty minutes. So last night I was like, I feel like drinking and watching movies, and so I drank all through last night. It's like, I could still wake up and get through a 20 minute (laughs) recovery run. I'll be fine. Um, but tomorrow I'm actually trying to PR in the 5k. Um, so I am very cognizant of how much I'm drinking and what time I get to sleep tonight. Cause it's also, I don't know what the temperature is like by y'all, but it's going to be, I think like nineties by like seven o'clock in the morning tomorrow. Um, So I was like, if I'm hungover at all, and that hot, there's no way this run is gonna go well. Yeah. So only like 12 beers tonight then. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Tomorrow's gonna be. So I, I ran today and it was fucking gross. It yeah. was yeah. awful. It was hot today too. Wasn't it's probably yeah. gonna be the 90s today, right? Oh Tomorrow's yeah, Tomorrow's gonna be like right 97 now. here. Yeah, yeah. I've also found that like if I balance it right with hydration i can also usually be okay so like i one of my favorite races of all time is um i love the rock and roll race series rock and roll new orleans maybe my favorite race of all time because i love the city of new orleans and like they put on a great race tons of people come out for the race and like hand out free alcohol on the course all kinds of free food like it's just a great time and we did that this past uh february or march and we went out on Bourbon Street the night before, and I just made sure I brought like a bunch of noon tablets with me. And literally, Beautiful. like every one or two beers, I'd be like, order a cup of water and slip it in. And I was like, I swear to God, if a bartender sees me, they're going to think I'm roofing. This is for myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm just trying to be responsible. <laughs> Dude, I, I'll definitely do the same thing on like long days of drinking. I'll probably have one or two noons like spaced mm-hmm. throughout, you know, and it makes a giant difference for punishing those electrolytes that you're using. You know? Yeah, it's huge for just like helping you not completely dehydrate yourself. I have some of the worst hangovers I think of all time. And it's I think it's magnified because my wife and her family never get hangovers, which boggles my mind. <laughs> she is I've been we've uh, been dating for over 10 years, married for five. I have never seen her 
have a hangover. Damn. Um, and she has seen me like unable to get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Man. And so I've, I've taken the, the hydration part of drinking very seriously. Yeah. What is her heritage? Is she fucking Norse or fucking <laughs> some uh, kind of like it's Polish, only drinks me, German which is and weird. Polish, yeah. Oh, there, there, you, there yeah. you go right there. She? I didn't hear it. German and Polish. German and yeah. Polish. It's insane. Like I have the, I'm mostly German on my side, but I did not get any of those. <laughs> any of the good genes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's brutal. God damn. So, are you doing just your own 5K, or are you doing a certain course tomorrow? Like, what's up with that? Yeah, just doing my own. That's been like it's. I would say I was impact, or my motivation was impacted much more than I was expecting from like races being canceled. I never, I was just like, I go out and run, like it's not that big a deal. And that held true until I was registered for the New York City Marathon this year. And this is going to be my first year running it. Um, and that got canceled two weeks ago. And that was the last race on my calendar. And as soon as that got canceled, like I, it is impossible to find <laughs> motivation to run. So I've just been trying to come up with like little challenges for myself. So I did a virtual 15k in April. I had the the New Orleans uh, half marathon in March. Luckily, that like was at the very beginning of March, so it was still able to go on. Um, but just trying to come up with like little goals that I want to achieve to try to continue to to motivate myself. So 5k is this month, and then we'll see. I, I might try the. I don't know if you've heard of the David Goggins challenge, um, but it's running four miles every four hours for 48 hours. So that is something I'm thinking about doing for August, but basically just trying to come up with like a goal like that for four. each month that I can motivate, continue to motivate. What myself. is it? Four miles every four hours for 48, for 48 hours. For 48 hours? Yeah. That's not so it's like, terrible. it's not, yeah, like it doesn't I mean, sound that bad. Shitty, and like dude. for the most part, if you have somewhat of a base of running built up, like you can probably get through it. But he said he does it every year and he's like, the point of the challenge is like, you know, you can do it. But it's just hard enough, especially with like the sleeping part. Yep. That it's gonna suck, and that like you have to push yourself through it. So I was like, that'll be a good way to just be like, all right, this is what I'm training for. I've still got this. That's actually kind of an appealing challenge because it mm -hmm. does seem very doable. But yeah, like you gotta definitely wake up in the middle of the night and be like, all right, I gotta hit this forward, then I'm going back yep. to bed or whatever. Yeah. And I know there's a similar one that's like run up one mile every hour for 24 hours. And so you're like, oh, it's only 24 miles in a day. But again, it's like the the battling with just that weird breakup of time that makes it yep. not ideal. <laughs> no. Now, what's your what are you what's your PR for this 5K? Are you trying to hit under 18? Um, so I, my PR right now is 1953. Um, and I did that at, uh, gritty, the mascot of the Philadelphia flyers. There's the gritty 5k in Philadelphia every year. So I'm originally from Delaware and my dad's born and raised in Philly. So by default, we're Philadelphia fans. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and so I went to run that 5k and I had never broken 20 minutes before. That was the first time I ran a sub 20 minute 5k. Um, and that was in a full, I was a, a hungover because I'd been, it was like my first time coming home in a while. So I went out with friends the night before, did everything you're not supposed to do before a race. And I ran the race in like a full Flyers jersey. Oh my <laughs> so God. My, my hope is in my head, I'm like, I'll go into tomorrow way more prepared and like I won't be in a jersey, but it's also going to be 80 degrees, 90 right. degrees by the time I run. So we'll see. I'm hoping to hit like, my goal in my head is like 1930, I think would be awesome. Um, but we'll just have to see how it goes. Nice. Yeah. I always underestimate 5Ks. I'm oh, totally. Like, 
totally. Yeah, it's just three miles. Whatever, man. I don't fucking. It's fine. I don't need to train. I don't have to do anything. I think that's why I love the distance so much because I, I started running with high school cross country and that's so the 5k is the race distance. Um, so I think I'm immediately drawn to it just because that's what I that was like my bread and butter through high school. Um, but it's just it's short enough that you don't think much of it. You're like, it's just a 5k, whatever, but it's just long enough that you can't really like muscle through it. Like if you go out too fast, you're like, I can maintain this for three miles. And then like two miles in, you're like, Oh my God, I've made a horrible mistake. Uh, so it's like that perfect distance where you have to like balance how fast you want to run and how fast you can feasibly maintain for, for the 3.1. Yeah. That was going to be my next question actually was what is your favorite race distance? Cause I know like personally I hate five K's because I just go. And then by the end, I, I feel worse after I run 5Ks than any other distance, like easily. Yeah, and I think especially with 5Ks because of how hard you're like redlining throughout the whole run that like I, I distinctly remember in high school when I would finish a race, I couldn't eat or drink anything for hours after the run because like my stomach was so in knots from just being like, what have you <laughs> done to us? <laughs> um, but his favorite race distance is tough. I think like I do love 5Ks because it's uh, I just love testing to see how it's a good test for like how much faster you've gotten. Um, but I think overall favorite, I would probably go with half marathon yes, just because yeah. yeah, like it's, it's right in the middle. I, I love marathons because of the challenge of the training. Like it is just getting through training alone is so brutal. Mm -hmm. Um, the marathon itself, I love like the challenge of the race is incredible, but the buildup of training, if you can make it through all of training without injury or anything like that, like that's something to celebrate. Um, but I think I just appreciate half marathon. It's a little bit more approachable, like more family friendly, if you will, to, to people, um, a little less daunting than a marathon. And you can, you can, if you're well-trained kind of haul ass through, through that race, if you're, if you're ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree, man. I, I love the half marathon and you just, you just nailed it right there. Yeah, that's what I ran the the Rock and Roll New Orleans in March. And my goal for that race was just to, I had just done the the ultra. So I was like, I'm just going to have fun. And any opportunity for free alcohol on course, I'm going to take advantage of. So I think <laughs> I had, I had like three or four shots of people had just like little shots of beer throughout the course. Um, I had a tequila shot, I think oh at like mile God. 10, someone had jello shots at mile 13. So a 10th of a mile from the finish, I did a jello shot. <laughs> um, someone had vodka soaked oranges. So I had one of those too. <laughs> it was, oh boy. It was nice. quite a run. <laughs> Dude, what is a virtual run? How does that even so, work? Do you got like a virtual headset on on a treadmill? It's so virtual races. I go back and forth over. I think some races are doing them very well. Some not so much because you're like some. It seems like you're just paying for a medal, whereas like some try really hard to amplify the experience. Um, what I try to keep in mind is like races, just like small businesses are really struggling right now because they literally have no opportunity right. for income because there's no possibility to host these big events. Um, and so there, the immediate option was just like, oh, we'll go virtual, which had been around for a while. And it was basically just an option for people who couldn't make it to the race. You sign up pay the registration fee. You A lot of times it's a little bit cheaper than the in-person, but basically they just mail you the medal, the t-shirt, like all the stuff that you would normally get with the race. And then a lot of them, it's just kind of the honor system. Like you're expected to, to run the race. Um, I think just my 
mental place when I'm signing up for one of these races. Like I'm going to do it no matter what. Cause like I signed up for it. I want to do it, but I do see a lot of people who just like sign up and then won't necessarily run the race. So no one, there's no like set time, set date for most of them oh. that you have to do it. Usually it's a range. It's just like, Oh, you're going to run a 15 K somewhere during this time range and we'll mail you your packet oh, in advance. Um, but yeah, so I've only the Just one, like the biggest virtual one I did was I did the hot chocolate 15 K in April. And like, I just, again, cause of my mindset, like took it very seriously. I had set that race as a goal to like set a PR in that course. So like I picked a day, I was like, this is the day that I'm going to do it mapped out like on a track, exactly how far I was going to have to run. Woke up, my wife came out with me. Like she did the official start time. She timed me through the whole course. Had the hot, they sent you hot chocolate because that's like the <laughs> thing that you have at the finish line. So she had the hot chocolate ready at the finish line, like all the goodies that they sent and everything. So we tried to create it as close to the in person experience as we could. But like that was totally on us. Like we did that because that was what I was looking for in the race experience. Um, but for other people, it's, it's up to you, like how, how seriously you want to take it. So there's, so there's no real like accountability with these, with a lot of these virtual races. It's just more of like the honor system. A lot. Yeah. And again, it's, it varies so much based yeah. on the race. Um, like I know some of them, they offer prize money or prizes for like the first place finishers. So they, you have to upload your time through like a specific app. So like, obviously there's common running tracking apps like Strava, Runkeeper, things like that, but they'll require you to submit it by like something that's been approved by them. Okay. Um, and then they'll give like first place finisher age group awards. They'll do all the awards, but yeah, some of them are just, you sign up, you get everything ahead of time and then it's just honor system. So it, it's really dependent on, yeah. on the race. Yeah, there's actually a cool one um, that's kind of local to us where they actually set up a start and finish and you can get a bib and it's timed and you can run the course like as they plotted it out and you kind of just do it like um, on your own time. Like you just show up and make sure that oh, like, nobody neat. else is at the starting line and then once they go, you can go and it's, I thought that was kind of a neat idea. Yeah, I would love to see more like that. I think one, that's one of the weirder things about like being in New York is I just think because of the sheer number of people, it's hard to do like a come whenever you want, because no matter how you do it, like a bunch of people are going to show up at the same time, like just because of the sheer number of people that there are here. But I've seen a couple races, especially like ultras doing similar things where they set up the course and they'll set up aid stations with just like self-serve water and stuff like that, that you can grab along the course. Um, and it's just come whenever you want or sign up ahead of time for a slot so that they can uh, space out when different people are going to be at different places. Hmm. They should have like a mist at the finish line where it's just like it's misting out hand sanitizing. You just run through it. Yeah. <laughs> Mouth open. Ah, <laughs> just the decontent. It's in my eyes. <laughs> I can't fucking breathe. Please help me. <laughs> It's like torches and everyone just gets lit on fire. Yeah, it's definitely hard in this climate. I mean, like you said, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these smaller races do rely on this income. And I mean, shit. I mean, we've all been to races. It's fucking. It would be impossible. You couldn't. You couldn't do it right now during COVID. Yeah. With just so many fucking people around. And I look at virtual races. I get. I'm like, you know, scrolling through social media, I see them like all over the place and I'm just like, oh, that's fucking stupid. No. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I've seen a lot of people 
come like basically say like it's the same thing about like we're all going to like the small restaurants that we love like we're going there more than we used to to get takeout because we want to make sure that they make it through this or like the little businesses that we love where we're put a lot of people are putting in extra effort to patronize those places to make sure that they're supporting them and people are saying like for races it's the same thing like even if you're not motivated to do the virtual race like for me like i mentioned rock and roll is one of my favorite race series so it's like hey i might just sign up for the virtual a so that i'm just like giving them some of my money and then like i'll run the race for fun even though like it might not be something that i would want to do normally just to hopefully help them keep alive yeah that's a good that's a good point I want to try this. I want to go down to New Orleans and try this rock and roll. I, series, I definitely, man. yeah, I'm I intrigued now. It's incredible. Just. And they, it's changes. The time changes every year based on Mardi Gras. Um, like they try to, they don't want it obviously coinciding with Mardi Gras because then there would just be way too many people. <laughs> yeah. But it's usually like either the very end of Jan, the, spa, the span is usually like very end of January or very beginning of March. Like it's somewhere in that range but it is such a fun race the temperature like the weather's usually perfect it's cool so it's not like overbearingly hot but then it usually like the sun comes out during the day so it's by the time you finish you can just sit out in the finish line festival unlimited beer at the finish line live music in like uh i think it's centennial park maybe i forget what park it is down there but it's just like a just hang out down there enjoy the sun enjoy the live music and open container laws aren't a thing so you can just walk yep. around with your beers so it's it, it's a half it's a half marathon they have a half and a full on the sunday and i think on the saturday they do a 5k they might have a 10k i think Dude, they have a 10k a i can't remember if it's I on can, saturday or i can sunday. totally do a 5k i can do a 10k i've done a 10k you go 5k with unlimited beer at the end Dude. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. TFK on location, awesome. man. Let's go. <clears throat> my friend, my friend told me about the Jazz Fest down in New Orleans, and he said it's pretty. Oh, it's incredible. It's yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. That That's a, like I mentioned. My family loves New Orleans. We started going there. We did like uh, mission trips down there in high school, where we would just go down to volunteer for Hurricane Katrina relief. And then I think it was after like the first or second time we went down, my dad started going down every year for jazz fest. My yeah. sister took a, lived there for a whole year doing volunteer work, but our whole family there goes like, we're usually there at least once or twice a year just because it's such a blast. Like they always have something going on. It's a cool place. That's cool. Yeah. yeah jazz fest. Let's if you get a chance. <laughs> so music that brings me to my next point <laughs> so the running playlist is very important to me especially like for race day and i just saw like on your social you were doing a whole thing with like running playlists so w what do you got going on there yeah so i take my running playlist extremely seriously um and but and i i never run with music during training i only run with like podcasts or audiobooks um just because I've learned during training, I need to like not be a hundred percent like in it, angry, motivated, mm -hmm. like just killing every workout. I just need to be calm <laughs> and relaxed. <laughs> so I try to do podcasts just to distract myself enough um, where I'm not focused on the suffering of runs um, and can just enjoy it, uh, but keep my mind off of it. But then for race day, I, I always go with music on race day or for any kind of like sprint workout or track workout or mm -hmm. anything. Um, so usually what I try to do is break the race up by like emotion, like emotional state that I'm going to be in at each portion of the race. How am I going to be feeling and what kind of music will complement how I'm feeling to motivate me to get through? So for like a marathon or half marathon, it starts out with just like music I enjoy. So 
it's been reggae, it's been country music, it's been like just calmer, just enjoy flow through the beginning. And then usually around the halfway point, it'll transition to my motivational music, which is a lot more aggressive, angry, like Eminem, (laughs) stuff like that to just like suffer through the finish of the race. But for a 5k, so the race that I have tomorrow and what you mentioned, like what I've been doing on Instagram, just showing the breakdown of my playlist, 5k, you have to just start out basically at your goal pace. Yep. But a common mistake is starting too fast, going out off the gun too fast so that you crash before you get to the finish line. So I have a song that has been the first song on my playlist since my first like long distance race in college, uh, which when I ran my first half marathon, that's when like I started running again. And it was um, Louder by Dr. P, I think is the artist's <laughs> name. I can't remember, but it's uh, the Flux Pavilion remix of the song. Um, but it's basically like I was big into electronic music at the time. It's a great like starting line, get you motivated, like get you in the mindset, just pump you up before the race. So that's my first song. Then I transition into my guilty pleasure song, which is Katy Perry. <laughs> I love Katy Perry. Beautiful. Uh, which everyone makes fun of me for. I usually go back and forth between which song, um, but I'll have a Katy Perry song with like an up-tempo beat just to remind me like, A, I usually laugh when that song comes up. So it's like, don't take it too seriously mm-hmm. yet. Like just enjoy the pace um, and then start to get more aggressive. So I go through like My Chemical Romance is always on there. Eminem is always on there. Joyner Lucas is a new uh, artist I've been really into. He was on a recent Eminem album. That's what turned me on to him. But usually like a lot of aggressive emo music that reminds me who I was in high school. Yeah, <laughs> it was like yeah. a motivation during cross country. Um, and then like aggressive hip hop and rap music to get me through those, those suffer fest moments. That's awesome. Yeah, that my philosophy has kind of gone towards the same direction. I used to always run with music. And then within the past couple of years, I just started like straight podcasts. And for that same reason, because, well, yeah, there's kind of two components to it. One is you just don't want to go balls to the wall the whole time. You want that more laid back thing. And then the other thing is that it also, when you get to race day and you have that music on, it amplifies it that much more because you're not used to running with like that kind of music. You know, you're just kind of listening to podcasts and people talk, which is a lot more. Sometimes it's. Uh, more thought provoking when you're listening to podcasts and then you kind of have to try and focus on what they're saying and that can distract you a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm, I went through the exact same thing where literally when I first started running, my whole playlist was basically Eminem and my first half. So after I ran cross country in high school, didn't run at all when I got to college until my senior year, I was like, all right, I want to try out a half marathon. Um, and I, destroyed my legs through training. And then I just basically took the last three weeks off because my legs were so trashed from training. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to rest them so that they're ready for race day. And they were still trashed when I ran the race. So like by the end of the race, everything hurt. I was in physical therapy, I think for like six to eight months, (laughs) just trying to like fix what I did to my knees and my legs. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe it's not a good idea to just blast angry music and be like, I can do this. (laughs) So that's when I was like, I need to revisit how I approach running and training in general. I just started adding like old school rap and hip hop to my playlist the last half we ran and let me tell you man it's been a game changer fucking straight up game changer yeah yeah like and dude thankfully with spotify like i can go back and hit any nostalgic song that i want and rediscover and like putting it on my 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 full marathon playlist man 
That was a saving grace right Oh, there. yeah, dude. Spotify has been awesome for playlists. You need it. Yeah, it's an absolute necessity. I think the toughest part when like, putting together a running playlist is a balance of finding music that you enjoy versus like music that's going to motivate you. And so mm. I love Spotify because I'll be like when I'm getting ready, especially for a longer race, like a half marathon or a marathon, I'll just start a playlist and just start dumping music in there. And then maybe like <clears throat> two or three weeks before I'll start listening to that playlist and be like, okay, yes, I like this song, but this isn't going to get me through <laughs> the race and kind of teasing it out to, to narrow it down to what's going to be that perfect music on race. Day. Yeah. Now, do you, chop your playlist down and keep it to the your anticipated finish length (laughs) yeah so i and uh, yeah and that just goes to like what i was saying where i try to cater the playlist to like specific points in the race so like this should be when i'm crossing the halfway point so this is the music that i'm gonna want okay usually what i do or i haven't done it as much recently for the last probably two or three years i used to do it for every race is I would end it probably like five or six minutes shy of whatever my goal pace was. Um, that would be when the playlist ended and I would just put in the 11 minute version of meatloafs. I'd do anything for love. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, as soon as that song, or I'd, I'd stop the playlist like 10 minutes before. And I was like, all right, as long as I finish the race before the end of this song, <laughs> I'll hit my goal. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good idea. Yeah. Like it's that. surprisingly uh, motivational. Like the piano comes in, yeah. the music comes in. You're like, all right, I can do this. <laughs> Plus, you're like, shit, man, I got ten minutes. I gotta. We have to finish. Yeah, we gotta get yep. through this. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting strategy. I love that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's a good idea. <laughs> so what? Uh, we'll get out of running and let's talk about <laughs> what is your what what uh you got any favorite beers? You got any? You got a top three list going on? That's tough. Um, I used to forever. My fa- dogfish head is always just like holds a special place in my Great heart. Place. Being from Delaware, um, that was like one of my first introductions to craft beer. Yeah. And I used to always say um, their old Aprahop beer mm. was my oh, favorite. Yeah, okay. um, it was like just fruity enough, but they discontinued it probably like three or four years ago at this point, And I don't necessarily like what they replaced it with but i think because it was discontinued i can always just amplify whatever the memory of was yeah, and i was like course. that was the perfect beer ever oh, <laughs> we can't try it yeah <laughs> but yeah i uh favorites now victory monkey or victory uh victory sour monkey okay is always up there because their golden monkey was the first beer that i ever had when me and my high school friends were like that was a beast. tonight's the night we're all gonna meet in someone's basement and drink and the buddy whose house we went to, his sister bought the beer, and I think she did it to fuck with us. She was like, yeah. "Oh, we got you <laughs> sure. three golden monkeys." What it's is like Eleven percent? Yeah, you'll it's love it. Ridiculous. Dude, so that... I just remember, like, the first time I was like, "Beer is absolutely horrible." <laughs> <laughs> it's going from golden uh, monkey for sure. Exactly. But yeah. So the sour monkey that they've come out with recently, like, I love that because it it uh, reminds me of that miserable, horrible experience, but with a <laughs> twist. Yep. No, that's um, a good beer. Yeah, I mentioned barriers up there. Um, uh, CBS from Founders, although I think that also just got discontinued. It did, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just like yep. favor the beers that are on their way out. Um, Dogfish Sequench is my go-to like post-race beer because mm. they claim it has electrolytes and it's very refreshing. <laughs> well, it's true. You got it the has, clam yeah, juice, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it's got the salt and everything. Salt and everything, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the if I just went purely off of the beer that I consume probably the most of volume wise throughout the year, uh, Founders All Day IPA. Yeah, 
It's like that is just, especially in the summer months, like I prefer that, I think, to just like drinking a, a light beer all day. I'll just have the all-day IPAs in the cooler um, and can go th- like it's very crushable, easy right. to drink. And like I never get tired of it. I've heard people who are just like, how can you drink that all day? And I'm like, I don't know. Like it's just it's not too overpowering with the bitterness and everything like that. Like you can enjoy it all day. Multiple I hear days that. Yeah, it, it does stand up to its name. You know, you get, you get that 15 pack too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been crushing these hazies for the last like since Corona started. I've been crushing these Sierra Nevadas. They're, They're so good. good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they just, just came out with uh, a session version of it too, I think. Oh, yeah. Did they? Yeah. If that's true, I need to have it right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I had like a, I think a sour version of the Sierra Nevada. It came in like a pink can like two two or three weeks ago I had it. Yes, 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 yes. Sour of this? I can't remember what it's called. Yet. No, it is a sour hazy. It's a sour hazy little things. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's cool. It was pretty good. I got to try that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of sours in the in the summer and stouts in the winter. Yeah, there you go. Bokeh. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Like the season dictates sort of my what I kind of go to, and definitely the winter months more stouts, porters, something oh, more yeah, wholesome, something darker, some yeah. southern tier stuff. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll drink a stout all year long, but they do <laughs> like the higher ABV ones during the winter. Definitely, yeah, gotta 100%. stay warm, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I I definitely drink more stouts in the winter, but every once in a while in the summer too. Like, there is something oddly refreshing about a stout. And so many people are like, "How can you drink that? It's so heavy." And I'm like, "It's not like heavy isn't the right word." I feel like everyone just uh, equates dark color to like this is going to sit heavy in my stomach. But you're exactly correct. Good, refreshing, light, but also very too much flavor. Yeah, (laughs) too much delicious flavor. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. The Dogfish Breakfast, is it beer for breakfast? That's another beer that I absolutely love. Brewed with Scrapple, which also holds a special place <laughs> in my heart or in my gut. Yeah, a few years back, we uh, we actually usually make an annual trip to Dogfish. This is the first year that we haven't done it in a really long time because of COVID and everything. And um, we had stopped at a local diner and gotten some Scrapple for the first time. It was, you know, interesting. It's an experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you been to in your trip? Do you ever go to the? Have you been to the Dogfish Hotel? No, no. I would highly recommend the next time you go. Their hotel is that's where we stayed. So the first marathon that I ran, we did the Delaware Beach Marathon, and we stayed at the Dogfish Head Hotel. And it's they basically like bought this old motel and then spruced it up. Um, But it's such a cool like very unique place to stay and everything is like centered around their beer. So they don't have, I don't think they have any beer on site at the hotel, but it's bikeable to the brewery or to the brew pub or anything like that. You get a complimentary growler in your room that you can go fill up however much you want. Um, and they have bikes for rent, but they have like the room is stocked. Everything's beer infused, like all the soap shampoos, like all that stuff's beer infused. And then they have like a hangout place indoors downstairs with a record player where you can just relax and uh, hang out and drink as much as you want. And then a fire pit where they'll make s'mores and stuff at night. But it's, it's a very cool, very unique hotel experience. And they are so centered on just like you get there and they're like, whatever you need, we want to make this the best experience for you. It's a really cool spot. Yeah, we'll have to check that next out. Next time, yeah, dude, Definitely. next year, man. Yeah. As long as the world doesn't shut down. I know. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. Over. yeah. The uh, fucking 
I'm a big gin fan. I love fucking like there's very few hard liquors that I like, but gin is gin is at the top of my list. And dogfish like hop infused gin. It's good. Ooh, ooh wee. That was a really, I've heard good. really good thing. Fantastic. Did we drink that man. with Patty or did we drink that with somebody else here? With Patty, yeah. We drank that with Patty. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that was good. Yeah, that was good. Fuck. Yeah. Do you got any uh, Burlington beer down in your ways? Burlington Beer Company from Vermont. I don't think so. Oh man! If I was you like, can I think get the your... only Vermont beer I've had is the the Heady Topper. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, you'll have to get up there at some point, man. A lot of great beers coming out of Vermont. I'm trying to plan. We, my wife and I were in the middle of planning. Like, we wanted to do a trip and do like Treehouse, go up through like New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. Um, a just to do like a road trip, camping trip, but hit a bunch of the breweries, but. That's obviously been put on a little bit of hold. Of course, while, yeah. While we figure everything out, Treehouse has been doing like a online order, right? Yep. And you yep. online, and then you pick it up there. <clears throat> oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a lot of places that are doing that right now. Yep. So I only went there once, but it was before their new like massive expansion and everything. It was when they still had the little, yeah, um, just the little brew pub. And yep. I remember like we showed up, and I felt so underprepared because it's like me and two friends from work drove up there. And we didn't bring anything. Like we just showed up and we're like, all right, cool. We're going to pick up our beer and then we'll drive back. And we park in the parking lot and everyone has like coolers on wheels. Like, all yep. this stuff. like oh, what have we done? <laughs> yeah. Going we to that old location mistake. was definitely an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the new place is, is pretty cool. They they built it up pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. It looks uh, the pictures online look insane. Yeah. It looks like so much fun. It has yeah. like. Le- it has like three parking lots doesn't it yeah it's got like levels of parking lots so if like this parking lot fills up then there's another like you know like overflow, overflow lot yeah. overflow one overflow. dude it's crazy and th- they have a golf cart that they'll like take people like back and forth like through oh, that's different- sweet yeah <laughs> ridiculous man yeah i wonder how they're doing right now with everything i think they're doing okay i think they're doing i was gonna say yeah like yeah. i think they probably have enough popularity that they're doing fine with people it's, especially it's like popular, so many people would really buy them and just ship them to others it. like i'm sure they're oh yeah doing fine with that market we went to a uh, craft beer festival many years ago i think we stopped we, we stopped going at least in the last like three or four oh, years yeah, definitely. but yeah. we went there and i'd never heard of treehouse before and it was the most popular booth fucking just line like throughout the entire building yeah. for, for fucking Treehouse. It was crazy because we walked in and there's two massive lines. There's there's like hundreds of tables at this. Uh, it was in the Seaport District in Boston. Mm. And there's two two massive lines and one of them's Treehouse and one of them was Lawson's out of Vermont <laughs> oh, yeah. make, of Sip of Sunshine fame. Yep. And at the time, I'd only heard of these breweries, but I'd never had any of their beers. And, and I didn't realize that they had that massive of a cult following. Yeah. And then a, after that, it's just, you know, it, the rest is history. Yeah, definitely. If you have a, an opportunity, I think the races are still running. Um, but a race I ran years ago was there uh, it was a series called the Craft, Craft Brew 5Ks, I think. But they were a New England-based running or race series. And they had one in each state in new England. I ran the, I think I either did Rhode Island or Connecticut. I can't remember which one, but it was, it was hilarious. Cause like the whole joke was that we're going to run ahead of time, but the 
the beer festival is what everyone is here for. And so like, we're getting ready to start and the start was delayed. Cause like they didn't close all the intersections that they need to close or like they didn't have enough volunteers or something. They're like, guys, we're sorry. Like we're very new to the whole running part of this. <laughs> like, we're doing our best. And then they're like, also this is about 5k. Like this isn't official. They're like, we measured it sort of, <laughs> um, but then at the finish line, everyone gets a tasting glass and then it's just all you can drink. All these local craft breweries come up and set up and it's just, to hang out at the beer festival, but oh, I would sweet. recommend it if they have one near you. Damn, I went to a I went to a brew tasting in Worcester called Brewu the first year they came out with that, and they didn't really understand like the tasting glasses. Oh, we'll just give you can like you get this glass and it's all you can drink, and it was like from 10 a.m. to like 10 p.m. And they didn't realize like, oh, fuck, people are going to stay here all day. And people just got hammered because they had this <laughs> glass and they were just filling it up. You can get in lines as many times as you want. You could just go around. And that was the first year they did it. The second year, they're like, all right, we're doing three stages. So like you can only go from like 10 to like two, two to six and like six yeah. to 10 now. But that first year, man, was wild. People were like, there were strippers there. <laughs> like it was insane. I was like, what's happening? The DC Where am I? <laughs> They had they yeah, they shut that shit down quick. Yeah, those brew festivals can get pretty crazy. Yeah, they used to have one in uh in the in New York City called the the beer marathon where there was no running involved. That was always like confusion we would get from our friends. But it was you'd get like a punch card that you wore around your neck that had twenty six bars, oh. <laughs> and you would just go Damn, to each bar and you had right up. My I think alley. you had twelve hours to complete the whole thing. Which was like, you think like, oh, I could do this in 12 hours, but walking and having a beer at each, I think it was only half a beer at each bar. And even that, like we were done by then. I was just like, this is, because most places are like, oh, we'll just give you a full beer anyway. Right. It's like, yep. oh, please, I have to survive. <laughs> Wait, is but that yeah, still same, happening? Same kind of thing. The, the second year they limited it to, there were only 13 bars instead of 26 but you would still get two half beers or one full beer at each bar to make it easier to to complete the whole course okay. um, but yeah i think it's still happening we haven't done it just because we did it the first year and we were like we'll never do this again like this was fun but like we were so obliterated by the <laughs> end and like you your motivation to finish despite how horrible you feel we were just right. like we have to do it and like there's the the train it's about a 45 minute train ride for us from the city back to where we live so that train i just remember the conversations were just like what have we done to our bodies to like <laughs> but then the next year we were like oh yeah we'll do it again yeah right <laughs> but yeah after the second year we were like no maybe like give it a couple of years let the memory fade a little bit <laughs> what are you what are we doing are you drinking this yeah i'm cracking this I'm thirsty fill me up <laughs> So this is a uh, Wizard IPA from Burlington Beer Company from up in Vermont. It is when we talk about favorite favorite beers, favorite breweries. These guys are at the top of my list. Fucking between like their their beer flavors, their styles, the packaging, the the brewery itself, man. If you get a chance, yeah, when you make that trip, you got it. You got to hit. If you're going up through Vermont, hitting Lost Lawson's. You got you got to stop here, man. Burlington. Do you know if they distribute or is it? Oh, you have to go to the brewery. No, they they do distribute. You can get stuff. Um, they even check. actually have distribution in Massachusetts now as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Let's see if we can find it. There is. There's like a local shop that I found right after I moved here. It's a. It's probably like an hour, hour and a half from our apartment, so I don't get there nearly as much as I want. But they basically send 
a couple guys in a van up the East coast and they go to specifically to breweries that like where you can't get, like they only distribute locally and they pick up their beers and bring them back to sell. Damn. Oh, that's crazy. That's nice. Is that yeah. Legal? I don't know the legality of that, but <laughs> they might have some kind of partnership with like the breweries. They or have something to, like that, but yeah. that's where like that's where I would always get Heady Topper. Um, every once in a while, they'd have some Treehouse, Lawson's Finest, like that kind of stuff. That that was when I first moved here five years ago. I remember like that was the big thing that like you had to go to this one store on Long Island to get it. Yeah. Did you review the Heady Topper on your website? Was that your review? I did not. It might have been. I think we probably had. Um, I bought some and mailed it to the guy who was doing reviews at the time. He lived down in in Florida. Okay, because that was how I was. I was like sussing out. I was like, okay, Ryan Day. All right, let's let's see. I want to know if we can really be friends. Let's see his <laughs> let's see his take yeah. on the Heady Topper. Because I have like no. A- I love I love Heady Topper. I do only a few of the beer reviews on the website are written by me, only because. It was hilarious when, so we went through two guys who were doing beer reviewers. And when the second guy couldn't do it anymore, one of like my favorite memories of my wife's and my marriage was she came home and I had all these beers in front of me. (laughs) And I was just, she like walked in and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, they all taste good. I don't know how to write a review. How am I going to do this? And she had no idea what was going on. I was like, we don't have a beer reviewer and I can't do this. (laughs) You just shit face with like twelve years. They're all delicious. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like all of them. This one's good. This one's bitter, but also good. Yeah. I mean, it it's tough describing beer. Like you really actually do need to practice and you need to have a vocabulary for it. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Between like mouthfeel, mouthfeel, the the notes, the flavors, the fucking God, yeah. I mean, did, James, weren't you doing some of that shit? Yeah, the Cicerones. Yeah, certified Cicerone. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, most of my beer reviews are with like beers that have very distinct flavors, (laughs) like hot, heavy sours or things like that, where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a flavor I can definitely pick out of this beer. Yeah, this is a raspberry wheat ale. It tastes very raspberry. And a little bit bit of wheat. (laughs) Raspberry. Exactly. (laughs) How's your access to fucking Six Point? in brooklyn um we can pick up like the stuff they distribute um it's also so like getting their public transportation isn't great we would probably have to drive and it'd probably be like an hour hour and a half drive into brooklyn just with traffic without traffic it Damn. would take like 20 minutes probably <laughs> right, right is traffic like did traffic go down a lot when corona started oh it's insane just like stopped it's like it's a that's the thing town, that right? i tell people about like the biggest culture shock of moving to new york is so i like i said from delaware wilmington delaware i've made that drive we just actually set the record during this quarantine we made it there in like two hours and 40 minutes i've taken that drive and it taken seven hours like oh it's God. absurd how drastic the traffic can be like just how much it changes and like even just to my office i it's a 17 mile commute to my office and it can take 30 minutes or it can take an hour and a half based on like how heavy rush hour is but yeah there has been it's starting to pick up now like there's definitely more traffic than there was but during the quarantine it was you could drive anywhere oh, my man, wife drove to brooklyn in like 25 minutes I drive into Boston for work every day and the last since I, I haven't stopped working. I've been going into work every day since, but you, it's such a drastic difference. It's like 
oh, please never end. Please never end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can That's, get to work just in like 30 minutes to work, right yeah. now. And it's like, yes. It's so nice. And it's just yeah. like, why can't it be like this forever? I know. <laughs> I think it's going to change a little bit though, because sure. there's going to be a lot of people, a lot more people that are going to be working from home. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. I guess that's what, and so much of our traffic is like school related. So with school not being in session, even though people are commuting to work, like we don't have any kids going to college or like kids driving to school or parents dropping their kids off at school. So there's, it's still like my commute to work is so much better now than it usually is. So we'll see. We have just a ton of people. There's like an exodus from New York City, though. Everyone is moving out of the city out onto Long Island. So I think that's going to be a common place everywhere. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be moving out of the city and try to get into like the woods and stuff, especially with all the, oh, you can work from home now, wherever you want. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I don't have to commute to the, to Boston anymore. I don't have to commute to the city anymore. Yeah. I'm going to go buy a house in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Now is I run on beer. Is that your, your main gig? No. So this is just like a side thing. I basically at this point make enough money off of it to just pay for the cost of like running the website and stuff like that. Um, but I, I were, I'm a college administrator. So I, uh, basically everything outside of the classroom on a college campus. That's what I, what I do. Nice, man. Cool. Yeah. What else do you guys get? I mean, we, we talked about running, we talked about beer. We did. Yeah. Yeah. This is I mean, pretty awesome, man. I think we had yeah. a pretty great conversation here. For yeah, sure. Ryan, the you dream got would be to turn anything, this into something uh, more substantial. Any promotional stuff? Um, at this point, so I mentioned the website, basically everything's I run on beer. So I run on beer.com is the website. I'm most active. It's probably split these days between Instagram and YouTube. So just at I run on beer on Instagram and then YouTube, youtube.com slash I run on beer. I'm trying to push the YouTube channel a lot. Like I'm having so much more fun with the videos than anything else that I've done. Um, so that's what I'm trying to, to push right now. So please subscribe and enjoy the the videos and you can see a full coverage of that first ultra marathon. It's like a 30 minute movie kind of thing that we put together covering that race. If you're interested. Oh, yeah, oh, I was yeah. browsing through it a little bit. I didn't watch the whole thing. I just watched a couple minute chunks and it's pretty cool. You, you did a good job with that. Definitely. Yeah, I had a lot of fun and a huge shout out to my wife who A, had to like coach me through like mentally the whole day, but then also videotaped through. I was like, I said, no matter what mood I'm in, just get the camera in my face, like get footage so that we have something to put together, but also please make sure that I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah. Now, are you going to be doing when you attempt the David Goggins challenge, the 48 hours, are you going to post that? uh, You're going to track that on social media and YouTube you gotta yeah so usually I do like I use Instagram for like live in the moment stuff so just like follow me on Instagram throughout the day so like the 5k that I'm doing tomorrow I'll be posting all day tomorrow for that um but then I'll for YouTube I'll put together like a more flushed out like here's the whole event here's how it went um to try to put that like more of like a feature kind of thing on YouTube but yeah I'll always any kind of challenge that I do I always try to put it out on social so people can follow along. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll definitely link all that stuff in the description of the episode. So you guys can easily find Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Get so. excited for the beer mile coming soon. Oh yeah. <laughs> I want to see that. We will definitely yeah. report on that uh, as it's yeah. happening. <laughs> this is live with TK podcast. Watch Ryan. Oh, he's puking everywhere. Fuck. <laughs> he's, all, he's halfway through the first beer. He's, he's like, already throwing throw another penalty lap. <laughs> It's not going to look out good for his final time. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
right. Awesome. Cool. Hey, thanks a lot for coming on, Ryan. Cheers to you, my friend. Sure. Cheers. Thanks Cheers. for reaching out. Thanks for having me. Why are you tired? You didn't even all do anything. All that running. All that talking about running <laughs> that we just did. I know. Dude. Thanks for Ryan for coming on, man. That was a great episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was pretty sick. Had a lot of fun talking to Ryan. Um, also been following his social media and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I, this isn't a spoiler because it already happened, but um, he talked about how he was going to attempt to um, PR his 5K. Yes. Yeah. And that was the day after we recorded the podcast with him. Correct. Right. He failed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he drank a little too much while he was on the podcast with I, us. I know. I, I want to hope that we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't keep oh, him too long. I and, fucking uh, hope we destroyed <laughs> his did. goals. Like, I yeah. hope we destroyed his goals of PR. And- so um, I, I was following along on his social media. He was like Instagram living um, the attempt and uh, he went out too fast. Which is exactly what he was talking right, to us yeah. on he the take podcast his own about. Yeah, it was like ninety degrees that day when he was running too. So um, he he just got a little gas too early. He probably felt really good and was going to try and crush it. But yeah, dang, yeah, cool stuff. Next time, next time, <laughs> you'll definitely get it next time, Ryan. <laughs> so um, for the QC, I only had one thing, and that was what is the world record for the beer mile. Feel like that's the most important thing yeah, yeah i think sure. it is we started off the podcast with the beer mile and um this blew my mind but the world record for the beer mile is four minutes and 33 seconds fucking crazy Jesus crazy Christ. so that means in four minutes and 33 seconds you drank four beers and ran a mile god damn yeah yeah. I don't think I could, honestly, I don't think I could drink four beers <laughs> sitting down at a table in four minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. I don't think I could. Not not comfortably, for sure. No, definitely, oh, definitely And not. then run a mile in that same four minutes and 30 seconds. Holy shit. I mean, that's just an impressive time for a mile anyways. I don't oh, yeah. think I can run one lap and four minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, I think you, you could. could. I think you, you could. could. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that you can't run a 16-minute mile? Yeah, that's true. I could probably run a 16-minute yeah, mile. You yeah. could walk a 16-minute mile. <laughs> I want to do, oh, let's do the taco beer mile. Taco eat, mile. Eat, eat a taco. Eat it one for, soft taco. Oh, dude. I'll do that. Soft I'm taco in. for every lap. All right. That's I a great idea. I could lift that down. The, there's, no, you know, there's no carbonation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. That's Sweet. it. Yeah, that's, that's all I got, guys. That's you all I got. That's yeah. all I got. Many thanks to Ryan. Make sure to follow him on social media, all that jazz. I run on beer. 
Go yeah. on YouTube, check out his videos. Yep. Subscribe to his channel on YouTube. He's got a lot of neat projects coming up in the in the pipeline. Yep. And check us out on social media. We got we got Facebook. We got Instagram. TFK Pod, right? And then uh, what else do we got? We have a podcast. So subscribe to our podcast. And special thanks to all our other subscribers that are already subscribed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. Sausage candles.